Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No matter what time of day you're listening to this, and no matter where you are listening to this from, right here and right now, you are with me, Laura Paget, and this is my podcast, Living What You're Given. We are ending the second season of Living What You're Given as we end the year 2022. I want to thank my listeners for tuning in this year, and I hope you'll be with me next year. I want to tell you a little bit about that at the end of this particular show. But for right now, I want us to finish up December, the month of gifting, talking about gifts. Again, as I have been on many of my Facebook Live posts and as I have been on my podcast throughout December, I want you to understand that every single person is gifted. Every single person has the opportunity to use those gifts. And every single person has the opportunity to share them with others and encourage others to share theirs. Because no matter what your gift is, I can guarantee you it is the perfect gift given from God to you. friends, and welcome back in to Living What You're Given. I am Laura Padgett, and as I said, we're finishing up this season, my second season, and this year, 2022. I want to talk today about being gifted as a dancer and what that has meant to me in my life, but how I discovered that that gift was to be used in church, even though there was tremendous resistance to that particular art being used as a worship art. But before I do that, like always, I want to send a special thank you to Stephen Ray Watts, who has done the music for this entire season by allowing me to use his song, The Perfect Gift. Stephen is a jazz musician. He is a worship artist, and he is one gentleman who has a tremendous testimony about his life, where he's been, and how he's learned to use his gifts. I'm grateful for Stephen's gifts, and I'm grateful he's allowed me to use them in this podcast. Thank you, Stephen. And if you want to catch up with him, his information is always in my show notes. I'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But for right now, I want to go back in time. This is a solo episode, and so I'm just going to be talking. I'll try not to make it too long. But I want to go back in time and tell you about how I knew that the gift that God had given me in dance was to be used for him, with his people, and for his people, and for people who maybe didn't even believe in my faith base. It hasn't always been easy. And 30 years ago, it was almost a pioneering field for those of us who were in, shall I say, traditionally based uh, Protestant churches. It just really was not a gift that was looked upon as appropriate for the altar, appropriate as a worship art. I know that's hard to believe, 
but it really is true. And there are still churches that will not allow it. And I honor their decision. I submit to those leaders. I am blessed to be in a church here in Montrose that does understand this can also be used as a worship art. So I'm very grateful for the Montrose United Methodist Church and the director um, of worship, uh, Kelly Thompson, who has said, yeah, let's do it. So I wanted to talk today, though, about the early days, because many people are probably in the same spot with your gift. You're being told by somebody somewhere, it isn't appropriate for such and such. It isn't usable for so and so. It isn't okay for whatever. And true, there are some places where things do not fit. I get that. But I also know that when God, the proverbial saying, when he closes a door, he opens a window. Or when he closes a window, he opens a door. I don't know how that actually goes. But I do want to tell you that in my life, when I first started out in this particular ministry, I'd already trained as an Irish dancer. I'd trained as a clogger, as a tapper. And I loved art of all sorts, but particularly dance. That was my heart art. And I could not help but believe dance could be used to tell stories of faith, stories of triumph, stories of struggle, stories of pain, stories about how we live our faith life out. Well, not everybody agreed with me in the early days. And we are talking about goodness 20, 30 years ago. And so I had heard a great many negatives, a lot of no from leaders in the church. Now I want to tell you a story. I wrote about this a long time ago. But because this is Christmas season still, we just celebrate Christmas. I want to tell you how this played out in God sending a message to somebody who believed their gift was not acceptable in worship. For asking the pastor of my church years ago about dancing. And it wasn't just a pastor. It was also a woman who led uh, some of the worship arts. And it was like, no, dance is not an appropriate art. You're not going to do that. No, my dear, no. There is absolutely nothing appropriate about this art in the worship setting. It's almost indecent, <laughs> I heard, to think about dancing in church. And if you ever bring it on the altar, oh, no, dear, no, no, that's not going to happen. Well, like so many other people in church, I was seeking permission from the leaders to bring my gift that I felt was given from the Lord into prayer, praise, and worship. This strong rebuke left no room for any discussion, and there was no margin for doubt in my mind. My little gift was not wanted, wasn't recognized as a valid worship art. Well, I went home and I prayed about this. My encounter had been painful, but I asked God to release me from the dream of dancing with and for him. And I figured there was just a lesson to be learned in the pain. Well, after about a few weeks, I 
completely submitted to the words of the church elders and leaders, and I accepted the fact that my art simply was not altar-worthy. So for months, I tried to bury the dream of dancing with and for God's people. I poured my heart into the secular dance forms I was doing. I was competing and performing and teaching, and I poured my heart there. But you see, the heart was never fulfilled in the dream because I wanted to use movement as storytelling in worship or in worship settings. I questioned God about the reminders that he was sending me in dreams and visions. And when I heard praise music, my little feet would just start thinking with their own little brain. And I always saw a dance in my heart and in my mind. My feet just refused to be still. And my heart was flooded with praise in movement form for the great creator. Then one Christmas, I was listening to music on the radio and I heard the song, The Little Drummer Boy. This song, of course, as you know, is about a little child who felt his gift was not worthy of the new king. Still, he was encouraged to bring his gift to the cradle. And he was encouraged in the song by the baby and by the Holy Spirit to bring this gift. And to give the Lord Jesus, baby Jesus, his very, very best effort. I closed my eyes and I listened to this story of the small, fictitious boy who brought his gift forward and offered what he had to our Lord. He played his best for Jesus on his little drum, and he was emphasizing praise with every heartbeat. Pa rum pa pum pum. I know you know this song, and if you don't, find it somewhere and listen to it. It is beautiful. Oh, how I identified with this little guy, shy, small, convinced that his gift <laughs> was spiritually very poor. He had no no way of giving a good gift to this holy king. But God said, bring that gift, child. Bring your gift. And here's just part of the song, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to say it because I am not gifted to sing. I have no gift to bring. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. That's fit to give our king. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. My hurting heart heard the words and understood that no matter what anyone said, God defines worthy. Did you hear me, friends? God defines worthy. And all of the gifts that God gives are worthy. I committed that day to always dance for an audience of first, just one. I surrendered my gift to him knowing he approved of it. He would use what he had given me at his designated time, at his discretion. I just needed to keep dancing for and with him. Even in my living room, it was fine. In my basement, wherever. And I always heard this song in my heart as I listened to these words. I played my drum for him. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Or, I danced my dance for him. 
I played my best for him. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Or I danced my best for him. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Then he smiled at me. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Me and my drum. Or me and my dance. Now, those lyrics are by Catherine Kennecott Davis, Davis, I beg your pardon, and she wrote them in 1941. Now, I wasn't able to get that song because it is not public domain. It is copyrighted. But I do ask you to go and listen to it. But in the stillness of the moment and the peace of recognition, as I listen to the words of this song over several times, I knew the time would come for dance to be brought into worship. And you know what? It wasn't long before it was. In fact, the pastor of that church in a few months happened to be the funeral of a friend and saw the man's granddaughter's dance. He understood. God opened the door. But I hadn't pushed and I hadn't gotten angry and I hadn't stomped off. I just simply waited until the time was brought forward. The thing about holding space in our race, friends, is not only does it teach us patience, a, a gift, a, another gift I don't particularly have, but God's working on it. It also shows us that there's opportunity for us to see it other ways. But more important than winning the argument is preserving the relationship. And I was determined not to cause anything that would break that relationship and not to put any end to a possible bridge we could build to bringing dance into that congregation. Now, since then, I'm going to tell you, I've danced from California to Ottawa in praise of Jesus Christ. I've danced solos. I've danced with teams. I've choreographed and taught. I've danced at funerals. I've helped women dance their pain of loss and fear. And I have danced many times the story of my recovery from coming out of an alcoholic home. I've been in big churches. I've been in small. I've been in retreats, workshops, and various other venues. I've been a teacher. I've been a student. God has used this gift to bless, heal, and encourage others as each step I take brings glory to him. Now, I've never stopped thanking him for this gift. And as I told some people on Facebook the other day, my days of Irish dancing, my days of clogging and tap competitively and on a performance stage, those are probably behind me <laughs> at 71. I'm still healthy, don't have any injuries. I'm very grateful for that. But I still plan to dance everywhere he will call me in praise, prayer, worship, petition, pain, joy, whatever he is calling me to dance. And I just never stopped thanking him. And I never stopped thanking him for the moment when he decided to use a secular tune to comfort and encourage me in the plans he had for my gift. Now, there are very few mornings after awakening 
when I don't walk into the presence of my favorite dance partner. Put my hands in the air and praise. Now I move a little slower and I'm not on my toes anymore. He takes me in his arms and we move together in prayer and in praise. And you know, friends, oftentimes I still just sigh and hum. Harumpa pum pum. I'm Laura Paget, and you've been listening to the last episode of Living What You're Given for 2022. I hope this little story has encouraged you that if your gift is one that others are saying is not good, is not worthy, is not useful, that you would turn to the author of all gifts. You would find that gift and how to use it. You would put your heart in his hands or your feet, in my case, and ask for the direction on how that gift is to be used, where to share it, and how to encourage other people to share theirs too. You know, I think that's the best gift any of us can be given at Christmas, and it certainly is the best one I can think to give to all of you, is to know your gifts are worthy. They are needed. This is a world that needs healing. This is a world that needs joy. This is a world that needs truth. And all those things are found in the authentic representation of the art form he's given you. I'm not going to be back on the air until February of 2023 because I take January off. And I do that to rest and to recoup and to sort of refine what I want to do. So in 2023, I'm already lining up guests for us. I want to go a different direction in 2023. You know, it's interesting. COVID has really changed everything. Everything's been changed. Nothing is the same for me anyway. And I don't know. I've heard that said from others too. But I can tell you this. Maybe one of the gifts of COVID, if you will allow that phrasing for just a moment, is that we were brought up real fast, up close and personal, to viewing the idea that maybe in a lot of areas, we got to turn the tide. Things were flowing along in a strange way before and certainly during COVID. And maybe it's time to turn the tide. Now it won't turn by itself, we need to do it. So I have lined up some guests that are gonna help us do that. Look at some different ways to turn the tide, to turn our thinking, maybe to turn our communities when it comes to restoring health and unity. We'll see. But I do have some great guests with encouraging messages, whether it's somebody that you need to hear who walked out of his job because it was toxic. We're going to be dealing with turning the tide on racism. We're going to be dealing with hopefully getting some other ideas from you. Please email me if you are so inclined. Let's hear what you have to say. We have an awesome opportunity now to turn the tide of things that are not working. 
whether it's in our personal lives, our families, our churches, our employment, our communities, our country, our world. We can do this, friends. But until then, if you want to catch up with me, I'm LauraLPaget.com. That is my website. And you can find my blogs. You can find my podcast episodes. You can find information about dance, some of the dances I've done and some of the places that I've been. You can also find out my speaking topics, which I'm starting now that COVID's opened things up a little, that we've been opening up after COVID. I'm, I'm finding opportunities where people are asking me to speak. You can also find my books there, Dolores Like the River and Jesus in Shorts. But I will not be back with you until February of 2023. So if you want to catch up with me, that's where you can find me. And also on my Facebook pages. Those links are on the website, too. I really encourage you to catch up with Stephen Ray Watts, too. Just a delightful gentleman and a brilliant musician. Very faithful servant of Jesus Christ. You'll love his music. And if you get a chance to see him, go do it. His website is going to be in the show notes. My website is always in the show notes. And we will see you in 2023. May you have a blessed, happy, and safe New Year's celebration. And may you always remember, my friends, you are blessed to be a blessing. That's why we're here. And whatever that gift is or those gifts are that you've been given, Please know, he has fashioned those for you. They are the perfect gift. Bye-bye. God bless. Happy New Year.